I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Monday, November 4, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So last we spoke, which was last Thursday, the market was poised to continue higher. There was nothing wrong with the market. We talked about it going higher. We looked at both sides. We had the upside play out. So here we are at new highs. We're breaking out to new highs. We have a melt up on our hands. What's the story? Where are we going? When's it going to turn? All that stuff is really going to be the foundation of today's video because we need to get a handle on what's going on out there. What's the schematic? How high can the market go? Should we ride it up? Are we waiting for a turn? Where the heck is the turn going to come in? More importantly, when is it going to come in? All that stuff we're going to try and cover right here, right now. Let's put the market in perspective. Let's just get a snapshot from a 30,000 foot view of where we are. We're obviously on a breakout. We're above all the moving averages and the moving averages are sloping up. The trend is up. Therefore, as the moving averages move up each day, as day goes on one to the next, the moving averages move up and out. Therefore, the trend continues higher. The trend is getting stronger as the moving averages are moving underneath but following in an upward or northern direction. More importantly, or further that, as the moving averages, for example, the 20, the 50, the 100, as they begin to space out from each other, as they move higher, that's another indication that the trend is getting stronger. Now, there's a caveat to that. Obviously, the trend ends at some point, and as the trend is ending, everything else looks like it's going to continue forever. So we need to understand that there's two sides to every coin. We just need to take it for what it is at face value today, and then we need to have the understanding that when there's a turn, everything is going to look absolutely bullish as all heck. In fact, it looks bullish as all heck right now. You know why? Because it is bullish. Don't look for a turn every single day. Take the trend for what it is. Take the market for what it is. There's plenty of money to be made on individual stocks in the morning right off of the stocks on the move list out of inside the numbers. Sometimes the major market is stuck in the mud. Sometimes we have a gap higher and we just go sideways all day. And when that happens, there's nothing to do with the major market. There's nothing to do with the S&P 500. You can play it back and forth if you want. You can play in the chop shop. But the reality is most traders end up getting chopped up in the chop shop. We'll throw a short hop right out of the chute. We'll take a look at stocks on the move. There were two stocks that hit their price objective today. It was SYK and the second one was WWE. So you can see the entry was 203.50 on SYK. The entry on WWE was 52.92. So let's go ahead and take a look at those two stocks just for fun. Striker SYK. You can see what happened. The stock closed the prior trading day at 212.83 getting its haircut at the open, 203.50 was the level that we identified first thing in the morning on the board long before the market even opens for business. 
What happens? It comes into the price, goes through it by a little bit, by about a buck, and then next scene shows you're up about two bucks. Bantered back and forth, you can see the importance of this price. We can identify a price that's going to be important to a specific stock on a specific day based on everything we learn in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. How about WWE? Here's the close, the prior trading day, last Friday, $55.93. We identified a level, $52.92, and what happened in the second 15-minute candle of the day, which is ending at 10 a.m., the low of the day was $52.83. From there, you can see what happens. We're at a high of $54.86, not too long after that. The stock did come back in, but where did it find support once again? At an important number. How do we know these numbers are important? Because we teach it, we learn it, we study it through the coursework, watching these videos, using everything in our tool belt, everything that's taught in the course over and over and over again. Now we're back to the SPY. What was the commentary like today inside the numbers? There wasn't much to it because there wasn't much to the market. We had the gap higher and we basically went sideways to eat some time off the clock all day long. Now we've seen this before. In fact, we've seen this as the market stair-stepped its way higher. It doesn't always look the same, but we have a series of what either are or look like bull flag patterns. So what do we have here? Here's a flagpole. Here's another flag pattern. What happens next? A move higher. What happens if we don't get a move higher? We come back to fill the gap, maybe go slightly lower into the 20-period moving average. That's home base. Everybody thinks the market's collapsing. They find support, turn around, head back in the other direction. It happens over and over and over again. How do we know when the market will have topped? Where is it going to top? Let's have that discussion for a moment. When we're going to have a big boy discussion, let's go to a big boy chart. So we look at the weekly chart and we say, is there technically anything wrong with this chart? Absolutely not. It's in a breakout. It's just bullish, period, full stop. That's fine. However, as markets move, they ebb and they flow. So what's a logical area where the market should find some overhead resistance. Well, since we don't really know the number because we're at new highs, so we can't just pick a number out of the hat. We can use Fibonacci extensions. Those work about as good as a coin toss. We can use some symmetry. I do use that. And I've come up with some numbers, but they're not rock solid because we're at new highs. But we have something else in our tool belt. Time is more important than price. Have you ever heard me say that before? Chances are you have, and the reason is, is because time is more important than price. So if you go back to the course, you'll realize that time is more important than price. When you have time, when you have that component in your back pocket, it's going to do two things for you. A, it's going to keep you out of trouble, and B, it's going to get you into good trades at the right time at the right price. Isn't that the moral of the story anyway? So time being the flavor of the day, I'm looking at maybe about another four to six days of a rising market, not necessarily every single day. We will go back and forth, but I think the market should culminate 
at a top either late this week or into the following week. I'm looking for a top the following week. Does it have to be a long-standing top? It doesn't have to be. I'm looking for a top. Keep in mind, the market can travel a lot farther in either direction than most traders ever think that it can. Let's talk S&P numbers. This is the S&P E-mini futures contract. We're at 3075. It's a semi-semi fat round number. What's the next fat round number? 3100. Are we going to get to 3100? Likely we are. On the first shot, are they going to reach 3100? Probably not. They'll probably come up a few points short. That's the way it works. We've seen that over and over and over again. Either they bust through by a lot or come up short by a few points. However, even if they come up short, they'll have a pullback. It'll be trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. And then they'll do it again. They're going to get to 3,100. Chances are they're not going to stop at 3,100. Where are they going to stop? 3,110, 3,120, 3,125, or 30. Somewhere in that camp, we're looking for a top. But we're not looking for a top as much about the price as we are about the time. I think the top's going to come in either late this week or early next week. That's my story. I'm sticking to it until further notice. We're back to the SPY. Let's say we have a big gap down tomorrow. Let's say I am absolutely as wrong as wrong can be. How do we know? Coming back down to fill the gap left open from Friday's close. The gap is at 306.14. Let's just say for argument's sake, we go down and fill the gap. Now that in and of itself is normal garden variety market behavior. There's nothing wrong with that. If you see that in the morning, that's okay. Coming back below that gap, staying below that gap for hour after hour after hour, closing the day below that gap, something else is happening, and I'm probably wrong about the higher prices sooner than later. So I'm just giving you both sides of the equation predetermined. It's really pre-prepared. Inside the numbers members, first thing in the morning, we'll know whether we have a gap up, we have a gap down, we have a flat market, we'll know what the support and resistance areas are, and we'll know what the game plan is. That's the reason they show up each and every day. Get the stocks on the move, get the game plan for the day, what's the story? As the day unfolds, how's the story unfolding? Do we have a high probability move on our hands? All that stuff. Traders are making money. I can tell you that. Remember, I have the email indicator. There's a lot of different indicators. What does it look like if we were to have a down motion in the southern direction on Tuesday, for example? Well, you can see here's the 20-period moving average on the uh, hourly chart here. And that lines up with this area where the market really would be considered a breakout area. Did it break out from where it closed on Friday? Did it break out from where it gapped up and went sideways to eat time off the clock most of the day? That's debatable. Here's the 20-period moving average. It'll be slightly higher in the morning. If you found the market down around 305.5, 305.5 in that neighborhood, you're likely to find garden variety chart support. Just throwing the ball around the horn a little bit, taking a look at the 120-minute chart. Do we see anything different any new information that we haven't seen already? Absolutely not. Move it along. What do we see over in Camp IWM? 
No accidents, no coincidences. Some of you see already where I'm going with this. Here's the former high, 158.92. Where's the close? 158.95. Accident, coincidence? I think not. What do we do with that information? We don't really do anything. It's just of note. It's interesting. I like to look for little nuances in the market. It's entertainment to a degree. What's going on on the hourly chart? So here's an interesting candle. So this is somewhat of a reversal sniffing candle. Smells like a reversal. Looks like a reversal. Kind of looks like a duck. Maybe so. So this is one of those situations where do we have a down move and a bear flag pattern like this? Or do we have an up move and a bull flag pattern and we ignore the first candle of the day on the hourly chart? Well, we don't know, but it's interesting to bring it to the forefront. We put it on the table. It's somewhat of a puzzle piece, but we're not going to be surprised if they come down and fill the gap. There's still nothing wrong with the market, still in a very bullish position. So filling the gap is, like we said before, normal garden variety market behavior. How's that weekly chart doing? Well, look at the breakout. Look at the close last week. Look where we are as it relates to not only the trend line, but the moving averages. So guess what? This trend line is off the table. We have new stuff. We no longer need that trend line. We may revisit it later on at some point, but right now our focus is on something else. This chart is bullish. Remember this? We've looked at this many, many times. We've looked at it on a couple of different charts. This is breaking to the upside. Is this bullish or is this bearish? This is bullish. If it fails and come back in, that's bearish, but that's not where it is today. So we take it at face value. If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, it's probably a duck. If you're an IWM watcher, where does the IWM really get to be a fumble for the bulls and the bull picked up for the bears? What is that number? 156, basically. You begin getting hourly closes and then a daily close below 156, fumble for the bulls. How about the VIX? Another one of those days where the VIX is up along with the stock market. So there were plenty of participants buying protection as the market continues higher. It's interesting how the VIX is staying above the area we discussed before, 12.5, 12.75, give or take. We got down a little bit lower last week. The low was 12.19, but we have yet to go below the lows. Remember, down there, the VIX is a collector's market. Maybe I should say the VIX is a collector's item down in that neck of the woods. What's doing down at the transportation department? Holy cow. Two huge days in the transportation department. What it did was basically, ahead of everything else, pulled back to check in at the 20 moving average or what? Home base. We talked about that on Thursday. Took off on Friday. Huge day. Took off today. Huge day. Another over 2% up day. 240 plus points. The transports is a canary in the coal mine. Is this telling us weakness? Is it telling us exhaustion? Is it telling us breaking out a very bullish market? I vote for option number three at present. It's not that I vote for it. It's that I think that's what's going on. When you look at the weekly chart, you can see the position of the market above the moving averages, a very similar chart to what? My first favorite market leading indicator. What's this one? My second 
favorite market leaning indicator. This is the channel that we've been discussing. The channel's not drawn in perfectly, but you get the concept we're breaking out of the top side of the channel. At some point, a market will either break out of a top of a channel or break down below the bottom portion of a channel. It's inevitable. It's just a question of how long will it trade in the channel? Is this breaking out to the top side of the channel going to go higher? And then the question becomes, how high? If that's true, everything's going to go higher. That means the rising tide scenario holds true. A rising tide will lift all boats. It's of note. It has to be a puzzle piece. It's on the table. How about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the queues? Anything wrong with the queues? There will be some traders that want to read into the look of that candle. I don't. The market's at a high, trending higher. There's nothing wrong. There's no reversal here. I'm not looking at this candle and saying it's some kind of whatever, whatever, whatever. Maybe it's a reverse sledgehammer with a rubber mallet, whatever you want to call it. I'm looking at the market very similar to the SPY and everything else. It's in an uptrend. We continue higher until and unless the market indicates to us that it's finished going higher. What does that mean? That means it's reached final destination. Where is final destination? We have no idea yet. The market will let us know where final destination is. Right now, the trend is our friend until what? Until it's not. Until it's over. Look at this hourly chart. Is this hourly chart saying we're going lower? This hourly chart is saying, hey, there's an invisible flagpole. Here's the flag just waving in the wind sideways, eating time off the clock, headed higher. Now, if the flag falls apart, then they'll come down and fill the gap, but still trending higher. So you have to look at the market objectively. Be the umpire. Call balls and strikes. Don't be in the tank for one team or the other. How about the financials? Anything wrong here? Again, a lot of traders will want to say, hey, there's a doji candle. That's the top. Jump on board. Now, with that candle, you can be short the market as long as you understand that against the high is where you have to be out of the trade. A daily close above today's high, and that wasn't a short trade. That was a pie in the face. But... Technically speaking, you can do that. We are overextended. We're far away from home base. This market has to come back toward home base. It has to either eat time off the clock or let home base come up to price one way or the other. That's going to happen. The problem is what we don't know is where it's going to top out. We don't know how far it can get extended from home base. I have a general idea and guess what? We're about right there. Can we go a little higher in the financials? Sure we can. Want to see a trick? Here's the weekly chart. Where's the next logical area of overhead resistance? And by the way, before we even get there, how long were we talking about this? We closed the week last week above that area. That's important. That's not an accident. It's not a coincidence. Not setting up to fail. That's bullish. Where's the next logical area of overhead resistance? The next breakdown candle high. Where is it? 29.81. Maybe it's 29.75. Maybe it's slightly above. Maybe it's 30. But you can see 
How far do you think we're going to go before the financials, or namely the XLF, has to pull back, has to have somewhat of a correction, has to eat time off the clock, runs out of steam? How about the SMH, the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index? Anything wrong with this market? I sound like a broken record. We've been looking at this market over and over, saying it's bullish, it's in an uptrend, continuing higher. There's nothing wrong with this market. So therefore, that was right. We don't really need to belabor the point. The SMH is bullish. Here's the monthly chart. This is what a freight train looks like. Now maybe, just maybe November is the last month, but everything on this chart is bullish. You have to wait for the chart. You have to wait for the SMH to say, all right, I'm done. Here's the top you can trade against. We don't have that, so you don't do it. Switching gears, another short hop throwing the ball around the horn. I got some requests for natural gas. So I got a myriad of requests, which means natural gas is in play. Obviously, you see, natural gas has been in play. It's had quite the run. Some traders have flagged this a long time ago. I'm not a follower of natural gas. Shame on me. I missed a fantastic trade. Put in a nice higher low, made a low, higher low, took off to the upside. The question is, where is resistance? What happens now? Let's go through a little bit. So we're coming up to a double top area. Obviously, under normal garden variety market conditions, that's going to be some semblance of overhead resistance. But how much? So when we switch over to a weekly chart, we can see this is a pretty powerful move. That big up week we had last week is indicative of higher prices on the way. Now, we already got those higher prices with an immediate gap higher, and we're into a breakdown candle high. So I wouldn't necessarily expect us to just blow right through here. However, going back and forth, consolidating for a while, eating some time off the clock, which would do what? It would let the 20-week moving average start to creep up to price. At the same time, if price came down to fill the gap, and the gap I'm referring to happens to be right here at $2.71.4. I said that wrong. You can tell I'm not really in the know in terms of natty gas. Two spot seven one four. But here's the point. So here are your real overhead resistance areas. So you have a breakdown candle high here, and you have a former pivot high here, and you have a breakdown area. So you have a myriad of reasons why this general zone, somewhere in here, you're going to run into a lot of overhead resistance. You're already seeing that. You're really on the front end of that. So even if you moved a little higher, there's still a lot of overhead resistance from a weekly chart perspective here. So you broke down, you broke down here, you challenged it, you couldn't do it. Now you're coming back. So you're still going to find overhead resistance in here. However, getting through above this breakdown candle at three bucks, that's going to be another parade of overhead resistance. So you can see with Nat Gas, as we move higher, because Nat Gas spent so much time in these areas in the past, here, this is chart vibration, even in here. And this is a weekly chart, so this is several weeks. We try to break out and fail, try again and fail, try again and fail, finally fail. Now we're coming back. There's a ton 
of overhead resistance in all these areas. Not an easy trade on the long side. And by the way, not an easy trade on the short side because you don't necessarily know exactly where the better or best overhead resistance area will show up. Now, if somebody had to pin me down to a number and say, hey, if natural gas is going to keep going to the upside, where is it going to go? And if I was going to short natural gas, where would I be looking for a reasonable short? That's my zone, and you have to be short against a daily close above the high. The high is 3 spot 009. I don't know if it gets there, but if it did get there, I think that's a trade. And with that, folks, I'm going to pull the ripcord here. I'm David Frost, and I want to thank each and every one of you. As you know, without you, these videos are not possible, so I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.